And we are back. You are listening to the Rutten River Pursuit Podcast. We are Reality Outdoor Radio, where our mission is to get you in the outdoors by connecting you with the people, skills, and products you can trust. It's day eight, folks. The show is just about done. I know my feet are hurting. The boys have put in some serious hours and covered some serious ground at that show. If you haven't made it out to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, check out National Rifle Association's Great American Outdoor Show. You got to do it. I know I had fun. All the guys in the crew all had a good time. I'd like to take a moment quick to thank the National Rifle Association. They did a wonderful job saving this show that we used to have here in Pennsylvania, bringing it now as the Great American Outdoor Show. They've done a fantastic job. So thank you again to the National Rifle Association. So without further ado, let's just head on down to the show floor and see what the boys got for us today. Okay, we are back at the Great American Outdoor Show 2020. I'm here with Brian. and We're uh, in the Outfitter Hall. We are in the Outfitter Hall still. You know, Brian, the best part about the Sportsman's Night Out is you make friends. Uh, that you do. That and you do. I got talking to a guy who he looked like a duck hunter. And uh-huh. by sure he was a duck hunter. <laughs> uh, Mr. Todd. Yes, sir. He's on. And we got Nick on. Hey and guys. you guys are with Mouse River Outfitters. Correct. Where is that located? North Central North Dakota. North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle of the Prairie Pothole region. Yeah, so you yeah. were in the thick of yeah. it. Yeah, it's a duck factory. It is. Yep. It is, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys get everything, too. I mean, not only ducks. You yep. know, what, what all do you get? Uh, ducks. Every duck in the Central Flyway comes through there or, yeah. or is hatched there. Yeah. Um, we get geese, lessers, graders, uh, speckle bellies, and snow geese. We get yeah. blue phase of snow geese and the white bird. Oh, nice. Yeah, swans is kind of our bonus bird. We okay. Do, we do swan hunts there. And then also cranes, sandhill cranes. Yeah, and that's, that is on my bucket list big time. I yeah. want a sandhill crane in the worst way. And, uh, like, you, know, you, you and I were talking at the axe throwing about, about cranes and, and seeing them in different place. And, I mean, you just you guys knock them down up there. So. Correct, yeah. yeah we, we get a big draw from the East Coast for guys wanting to shoot cranes. Right. And the swan is actually bigger than the cranes. Yeah. The, a lot of guys want to come and shoot a swan with right. us. And, so with the swan, like, you know, I'm more familiar being on the East Coast here of, of the Carolinas. I think it's South Carolina. I might be mistaken. It could be North Carolina. You can get a tag. Correct. And it's, it's a one a one bird tag. Yep. Is it the same way out there? It, it is correct. Okay. It's a tag. It looks just like a deer tag. you got to yeah. notch it out once you shoot it. Immediately okay. upon huh. shooting it, you notch it out. Yeah. It's about 2,800 tags. Okay. Um, it's a first come, first serve drawing, so you have to okay. draw for it. But once you call up, you get it. Yeah. And you buy your license, and they send it to you in the mail. Okay, nice. So, yeah, is that pretty hard drawing though? I mean, do you have it, to. It's real easy draw. Okay. Yep. Yep. As long yeah. as you get there right away, it starts in July and ends okay. in August. But if you call right away, you get your tag. Yeah. To yeah. me, twenty eight hundred would go it, yeah. pretty quick. But. Yeah. It's thirty dollars too for the tag oh, nice. for a non-resident or, or resident. It's it's really okay. reasonable. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know how. Are you decoying those swans? Are you, you know? Some are decoying them. If we set up for geese and ducks, sometimes they mess up and come into the spread, yeah. you know. But not too often do they come into the fields. We mainly shoot them. They'll be on a pond, on a roost okay. pond or something, and we get them coming and going from a yeah. couple different ponds. So it's it's mainly past shooting them. Now, are those all trumpeter swans? Or are they tundra swans? What what variety of swan are they? They're they're tundra swans. Tundra swans. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and they weigh um, a light one's seventeen pounds. The biggest yeah. one's twenty three and a half pounds that we've wow. harvested. Can you imagine a twenty pound <laughs> no. bird flopping beside you? It's unbelievable. No. Yeah, man. It's really cool when you see a and dog fetch it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a workout <laughs> for your imagine. dog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for our listeners, in their booth, they have, they have a, a beautiful mount of two of them. And it's the, uh, what would you call that? The strap mount type yeah, thing. Yeah, a, de- a dead, a dead, dead a dead A dead mount. And, uh, it's the size of a wild turkey. I yeah. Mean, if you get a 22-pounder, that's what comes to mind is a, yeah. is a, a, you know, a gobbler or, you know. Well, this yeah, is almost, I mean, I'm, I'm not that tall of a guy. I'm 5'10", but that's almost. Yeah, they're know. about five foot hay yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we did have a flying one in our right? booth last year. Yeah, and it was gorgeous. It, I it saw was, that. It was really pretty, but it destroyed yeah. it getting it here and oh. back home. It's, they're too big. There's no way to really haul right. it nicely right. and all. We haven't found a good way. No. So. Not only do you guys do waterfowl, but we want to touch, because there's some pictures of some fish going on in we your do. albums. Yeah. Big fish. We have an outfitting business up in northeast Minnesota, too. Okay. And we do walleyes, northern, smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, crappies, lake yeah. trout, and muskie. And oh, wow. we also do muskie on fly rod. Really? Yeah. And, and, awesome. and almost all of those species, except walleye on a fly rod, they kind of oh. stick towards the bottom, so yeah. they're hard, hard to get up towards yeah. the top of the oh, surface. That's great. But um, and we do black bear hunts up there too in, okay. in northeast Minnesota. So like this spring or is that fall? A fall. It'd be a fall, a fall. Fall black. Okay. That's a draw. Okay. For that one, and and the fishing is is done in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. Um, okay. And we can either take you in a canoe or we can take you by boat and motor. Certain part of the Boundary Waters is open to boat and motor. Okay. Wow. And uh, it, it's really a neat trip if you've never done it because we portage. Okay. We actually have drop-down wheels on the boats, yeah. and we drop them down, and, and you push the boat across that. That is it, wild. It's almost like a land bridge to another lake, and then you yeah. go down that lake and then do it again. <laughs> and wow. uh, to get in, most of our water up there is a river system, Okay. and it's flowing water. And uh, the okay. walleye fishing and all of the fishing up there is phenomenal. It's probably the best smallmouth bass fishing in the world. I really? couldn't imagine right. having a smallie on a fly rod. Oh, it's, it's, oh, oh man. <laughs> It's yeah, incredible. yeah, and a three pounder is a small one for us, and Jeez. and we get a lot between five and six. We get a lot of twenty two inches, twenty two yeah. and a half inch smallmouth in the summertime. Uh, June's the best time for them when they're when they're okay. up on right. their beds, and yeah. yeah, and we don't we don't we just catch and release them. You know, we don't yeah. do any harvest on them. We catch the walleyes to eat. We do a shore lunch every day too. Uh-huh. So we go out fishing in the morning, and then we take a break and go to shore and make you a walleye shore lunch. And oh man, that yeah, great. potatoes and and sausages and the potatoes and beans. You and, got me, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's. Yeah, this is this is early in the morning here, but I yeah. could I could eat now after thinking about that. Yeah, Nick, yeah. Nick, what's your favorite thing to do with the whole guide service? My favorite thing is the waterfowl. I yeah. live for the duck hunts. Um, really like fishing though. It's hard to yeah. it's hard to just pick one. Right. I mean, it's just it's so much fun doing it just year round. You know. Yeah. It's a riot. Can't beat it. Yeah. Can't beat it, dude. The guide life. Yeah. We kind of use the fishing to take the edge off the hunting. You know? Right. Kinda, something to do in the yeah. off season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep you active. Keep you around the water, though. Right? Yep. Speaking yeah. of seasons, when's, when's your uh, your peak of your waterfowl season? When did so it, it opens October 3rd, okay. and, it, and we hunt till November 10th. And usually we freeze up around then. Okay. So that's our, our season. But we don't really have a peak because we we're in the migration, but we yeah. have so many natural birds that, that, are, that live there and stay there, local birds that we always have birds so we don't have to really wait for them it's it's nice sure. when we get a push push because out of canada because they're dumb yeah fresh birds uh-huh. everyone likes fresh birds but we always have birds and we get guys that say well we only want to come duck hunting and we get there and well if the ducks aren't flying well at least we can give you geese or cranes or something to shoot at yeah so you always have something to harvest yeah. so and yeah. that's why we kill our numbers that we kill and it's really hard for us to to explain to people how how our birds are there because if they've never seen it it, it just, it's unbelievable. When they come, it looks like bugs. I had a guy last year tell me that it looked like somebody, there's smoke. There's smoke coming. I said, that's not smoke. Guy. That's, that's the birds coming yeah. off the refuge. It's time. And when they come, they come in waves of anywhere from 100 to 2,000. 
Man. And we had some hunts last year. We shot over 40 birds in under 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I mean, it's, that's great. Yeah, you you just it's almost can't pick them up fast enough. You yeah. know, my my dog doesn't release on a command. She just goes because I don't have time to tell her what to do. <laughs> and she just brings them, drops them at my feet, and then keeps going and grabbing them. And she'll even be running in the decoys when the birds are coming in, picking them all up. <laughs> wow. And yeah, and I just let her that's go. That must be incredible. So. You know, are you guys a full service lodge? You, know, you have if, yep. if, if we book a hunt, you know, you talked about with the fishing, some shore lunches for the for the waterfowl hunt. Yep, you lodge too. E- everything, yeah. yeah. Um, for the waterfowl hunts in North Dakota, the lodge has seven bedrooms and sleeps up to eighteen people. Four okay. bathrooms. I have Wi-Fi, TV, the whole works. Um, we have a chef on staff that cooks three meals a day for you: breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner. Okay. Yeah, so it's really nice. The bird cleaning's included in our price too. All the birds okay. are cleaned for you and frozen before you leave. That's nice. Yeah, and then also all, any beverages you want to. Um, okay. Yeah, there's not a lot up there where we're at, so. Um, we, you know, try to give the guys as much as they want. The only thing you need to get is your hunting licenses and bring your shells. Okay. So, yeah, so, so everything's included. Everything's you know, one included, price type yeah. Thing? Yep, one, yep, one price. And, okay. Um, the, yeah, like I said, the only thing is your hunting license that you need to get in your shells. So That's great. Sounds like a great yep. deal. Yeah, we've got an airport that's only 50 miles away. Okay, so, so we can not, pretty pretty direct flight type yep, thing? Yep, real direct flight. Nice. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, anything else you would like our listeners to know about your guide service? Um, you just got to experience it. Yeah. There's, there's no you other. You see it to believe it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even the pictures. I mean, like, just stopping by, looking at your pictures, it's unreal. You it, know, it, you, it is. You and I talked at, at the axe throwing, but, you know, the pictures, you know, that's yep. something, just seeing that. Yeah. One of the things our clients tell us a lot that they really like about it is you're so close to Canada. It's like hunting in Canada. Okay. But you don't yeah. have to go through all the gun the gun registration. Yes. You don't have to do all the border crossing and everything. Yeah. You're right. A lot of days we hunt, our shot drops into Canada. We're that close to Canada. <laughs> so it, That's it, funny. Yeah, it's right on the border. So they like that a lot, too, that yeah. they don't have to don't have to go up and go through the border and stuff nice. to go to Canada. Yeah, that, that, is, that is more convenient. It, I know it, guys that go up to Saskatchewan every year, yep. and they tell me of some horror stories of coming through and going to. So that, that is a nice it, draw. That's one of the draws. The other one is, too, is we true decoy. Our birds okay. are coming in your face. I shoot a 20-gauge. Yeah. Number threes or fours, you know? Right. And right. Yeah. And um, that that right there says how close the birds well, when are. You're, when, you're, when you have that much many targets it makes a big difference i mean to shoot 20 gauge you can shoot that all day every day throughout the entire week without getting tired or your shoulder getting sore exactly so yeah our clients a lot of times the hard part they have is they don't understand i'm like if you don't see a drake don't shoot at this flock but they're so used to only having a few birds come in right that we have to say wait there's more gonna come don't you don't have to kill the first birds that come don't shoot a bunch of hens they don't understand that but once they see it for the first time and they're like there's just wall after wall of birds coming when they come you know when they start to come and we get a rush right away in the morning then you get a little lull you know kind of pick up the birds you got figure out what you have and then you wait about 10 15 minutes and then the rest start coming you know you get those early risers and man it sounds like i'm heading west i got Check oh, it out. It's amazing. It really is yeah. amazing. Well, guys, you know, the show's getting busy. It's early morning. Kind of just opened up your booth. There's people coming at, want to talk to you. Uh, for our listeners that can't make it to the show, how can they find you? Uh, you can come and look at us. NDHunting.com is our website. Okay. You can check us out on there. Uh, Nick does our Instagram We're on page. on Instagram, Facebook. Okay. And yep. what, what's your handle on Instagram and Facebook? Mouse River Outfitters. Or they can follow me, Nikki Waltz, Nick Walter. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And we got some YouTube videos out there. Just look up Mouse River Outfitters and you'll see some of the hunts and that. And you kind of get an idea of what we do and how yeah. we do it on those videos. Perfect. Perfect. Well, well, thank well. you guys. All right. Yeah, thanks, thanks for you. your time. Thank you guys too. I really thank appreciate you it. Have a great stopping show. by. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We'll see you. Right. Got it. We're still in the Outfitter Hall. And as I'm walking around the 
the corner here, I am seeing a lot of full fans and some more feathers. So we had to stop over here and check out what Mr. Bryce Collins has to offer. He's from Eastern yeah. View yeah. Outfit. I was going to say, Bryce, you got pick all locked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bryce up, from Eastern, Eastern View Outfitters. He's here on the East Coast, uh, just north of uh, New York State. And uh, so, Bryce, tell us about what you have to offer at uh, Eastern View. Well, uh, Eastern View Outfitters, we're located in Plattsburgh, New York. So it's the very northeast corner of the state. Um, right on the shores of Lake Champlain, which is a 120-mile-long lake, separates Vermont and New York. We're right up on the Canadian border. 20 minutes from the border, hour south of Montreal. Um, it's a beautiful region. I'm born and raised there. Uh, started this business from scratch about 10 years ago uh, on a pipe dream. And uh, it is now arguably one of the busiest guide services in the state. Um, wow. We, uh, we specialize in birds and fish, to keep it simple. Yeah. Ducks, yeah. geese, wild turkey. And then um, we do charters uh, and fishing charters and bow fishing charters on the lake so. so it sounds like you're busy you're pretty much year round nine right? months a year yeah. and then i do some vacations uh <laughs> and then um it starts the, show, the shows are uh, our work too we all we yeah. all know that so yeah, sure yeah, yeah. it's certainly a uh you know a passion of mine and um i still love it even though it is uh, gets super stressful at times with uh, with the workload gotcha yeah. so some I, of your passions i we, we got to talk uh -huh. to our two sportsmen's night out and I want to dive into a little bit of this turkey talk. Okay. I mean, that's next up for a lot of people. It is. You know, we're going to be looking to the turkey fields and, and the big woods. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you got a pretty good little situation going on up, up in New York. I, I do, yeah. Um, so, believe it or not, this whole business was pretty much started surrounding turkey hunting. Um, yeah. That... Not to say, you know, we're not good at killing geese. Obviously, you know, we, we, we're Looks like head and shoulders above, yeah. you know, yeah. um, most other people with killing geese. But, yeah, I started this thing uh, surrounding turkey hunting. Yeah. And um, we're now, like, the, you know, I guess top of the food chain when it comes to turkey hunting in the northeast. I, sure. I have people coming from all over the country to turkey hunt. There's like a turkey tourism industry, if you will, um, with people chasing the 49 state slam. So there's a lot of serious turkey gurus, turkey nuts, including myself, <laughs> who want to kill birds in all yeah. 49 states, excluding Alaska, because there's no turkeys that inhabit Alaska. So they are seeking out, you know, the top outfitters uh, in each state to make their time super efficient. So sure. they'll come in, they want to they want to know that all the homework's been done and they're willing to pay for it. And then me knowing this, I started offering hunts uh, in five different states. So I offer hunts in Maine, New Hampshire, Mass, Vermont, and New York. Yeah. Um, and so I have great connections and affiliates in those states. Yep. I build a package deal for these guys, make sure everything's taken care of and they trust a name that's been built eastern view outfitters it's 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 a brand now yeah. i mean people know this so know, they, can, they can contact you and they can bust out five states five right states quick. so when yeah. it comes to new england turkey hunting you're the man I, I mean i try to stay humble but we do a really good job we work really hard and i stay yeah. super super busy um i'll, I'll say it for you bryce because that's <laughs> what i'm hearing your name in five states and saying you're doing your homework you got guys seeking you out. You are the man. Well, we, success well, success yeah. speaks for itself. I mean, when guys go out and they're successful, 
there's no bragging about it. They, you kill birds, you kill birds. That's the yeah. you know and end the, of story. And these well, are the guys that are the professionals. They they they, they need to make their hay if they're going to get 49 birds in 49 states. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, last year we had guys that were up in the high 30s, high 40s. Um, killed in states, hunted with a lot of outfitters, and um, you know I got a, a, a couple like uh, videos on my Facebook page where these guys from Alabama, they knocked out you know uh, you know two birds each, four guys, two birds each in, mm-hmm. in three days just in New York, and there's a video where we killed a double bird. You know I went live on Facebook, and the things they said I didn't prompt them. I mean it was very flattering the fact that they've hunted with a lot of outfitters and the services that we offer collectively. You know, it's not just me, it's a team. Um, I have a team surrounding me that's that's very important. As we all know, sure. you guys are here as a team. Yeah, yeah. It's teamwork makes the dream work. Sounds super corny, but it's, no, it's, it's the real deal. And yeah. when you got that chemistry and everyone is working for a common goal um, to make that hunter successful, um, you know, it just it makes nothing better. Yeah, it makes the guide service that much that much more uh, successful. That's so cool. You you uh, pinged off one thing that I, I wanted to talk about. There's uh, two birds in New York. Yes. That, that you got a package for. Yep. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So it, uh, you're allowed two birds per person per day. Um, per, two two gobblers per person. You have to take them in. Um, two consecutive days Uh Uh, but yeah we offer three-day hunts and most people you know kill both their birds Um, so it's super high success rates on the hunts not everyone gets both their birds but everyone kills you know a turkey or has ample opportunity opportunity. a lot (laughs) of opportunity you You can't pull the trigger for them yeah we know or look down the look down the barrel it's a fully guided hunt that's why i was talking to bryce i'm like I'm not a great turkey hunter, you know, and he was like, just come out and check it out. We'll see what we can do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll, yeah. If, if I can get, you know, uh, and nothing to take away anything from uh, huntresses and women, but if I can get women that have never hunted before, old guys that maybe have only shot a couple turkeys, yo, kids. What, you shot turkeys? No, not even a couple. An old guy. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. How about, do you have a category for old guys that haven't shot a turkey? Um, no, but I got a category for old guys, and I just kind of loop them in one one yeah. big All bundle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the geriatric unit, if you will. You throw me in there right now, bud. It's Bucky and J-Lo. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, we, we work hard and tailor the hunt to make people successful, you know, whether cool. it's a youth hunt or a guy that can't, you know, walk like he used to. Knowing these factors, I can I can tailor a hunt and uh, and get the guy in there and uh, and make it happen for him. That's wow. good. And, and being that there's five states, I'm sure that each one of those states the the season dates are different, so they, you can vary a week um, or two. Slightly, uh, slightly. You know, Mass opens early sometimes. Uh, Maine always is open a little bit later into June. But for the most part, to keep it simple, the Northeast states are like the month of May. I mean, yeah. it, it, it'll shuffle a little bit based on. Like I said, a lot of season openers are on the weekend. Yeah. So, like, Mass may open, you know, a little bit before. And Pennsylvania is always real close to New York. But I think they swap it back and forth a few days so that a guy on the border can yeah. hunt the opener in yep. PA or vice versa and back mm-hmm. and forth. Yeah. So, yeah. but to keep it simple, yeah, it's the month of May. And then during the summer, you said you were uh, close to Lake Champlain. We is are. that where most of your uh, fishing takes place? Yep. So uh, we're right on Lake Champlain. I'm fortunate enough to live right on the lake. 
but um, all the charters oh, wow. we do are on Champlain. It's a yeah. world-class fishery, uh, lots of professional bass tournaments. They had the Bassmaster Series, um, um, the Bassmaster Classic, the, yeah. you know, the Super Bowl. Sure. Super Bowl mm -hmm. is on our lake yep. a few years back. So every year, all the big guns with the wrap boats are there. Um, and then it has an amazing lake trout fishery yeah. and an Atlantic salmon fishery as well. So yeah. Seeing some musky pictures of musky that being held up. The, there are some musky there. These right here are actually northern pike. pike. Northern pike, um, yeah. But um, it, it is a diverse lake. It's got musky, walleye, smallmouth, largemouth, uh, an assortment of panfish. It's got brown, steelhead, um, you know, a big population of lakers it, and salmon. It's a massive lake. It's 120 miles long um, by about 13 miles wide at the widest. Deepest point is 414 feet. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so pretty you, deep. You could fish it your whole life and uh, never, ne and, and, you know, seven days a week be a charter captain out there and never truly know it all. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's big. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie Moore, I talked to him a little bit about. About Lake Champlain. Yeah, absolutely. He's gave me a little bit of the skinny, but, I, I mean, it's just, yeah, like you said, you're never going to fish it. And, no. then, and then when you, you get into late summer, early winter time, you going for some honkers then yeah some canadians so september's the month where it all changes um you know we do offer fishing charters you know it, you know from may to october in, in this overlap period but september me and about 10 guys we hunt september canada geese yeah. um and that's our our passion and we work hard <laughs> at it and uh you know we kill around 2,000 geese in uh, about two and a half weeks I, of hunting i think i'm looking at about 1100 of them here on the wall yeah. <laughs> a lot of geese i want to ask about the tractor we, have, we, we haven't had a lot mm -hmm. it, we've had a mild winter but i i see that it snows up your way a little <laughs> bit and i'm talking snow geese yeah know, right yeah we get some tornadoes some f5 tornadoes <laughs> once in a while up there yeah wow That's what, what are those like i i've i've never so snow geese, they're a, they're called a greater snow geese, um, and uh, there's there's snow geese in the the Midwest flyway that are called lessers, different subspecies, similar bird, but in my opinion, I've hunted both. I think graders are a lot more uh, challenging to hunt with the respect that number one, there's less birds in our flyway, but number mm -hmm. two, they don't separate out um, age class wise like the lesser populations. Okay. So um, younger birds are dumb. To keep yeah. it simple, and like you could have birds in the Dakotas, and the young birds tend to hang back, and they could be in Louisiana and Arkansas still. So guys are shooting these massive amounts of you know lesser snow geese, and they're targeting a lot of times the younger birds. Whereas okay. in our flyway, they do separate out some, but not as much. And even when you have a a good juvenile hatch, there's still birds that are in this um, you know flock that you're working that are probably between 9 and 20 years old these geese wow. can live 30 years wow. so the amount of spreads they've seen um the, the amount of hunting pressure they get hunted nine months a year yeah. Yeah. from the time they leave the breeding grounds all the way down to the chesapeake bay and all the way back to the you know almost to the breeding grounds these things are being harassed yeah um educated but, all the way well you fooled a few of them because they're yeah. laying there it's proof right yeah. there they're a lot of fun to hunt and nothing truly um captivates you like working you know a couple thousand snow geese over the top of you the sound yeah. is deafening it's madness um, right yeah it, it it's a different do like they a, literally block the sun out 
No, that, no, like, but like, it, when you start on, feeling man. like it's raining yeah. and, and the guys are like, oh, what the heck, it's raining. No, no, they're, they're pooping and, sh- and uh, defecating on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's when, that's when it's starting to get hairy. When you know you're in a... You know what storm? Keep right? your keep your yeah. mouth closed. Exactly. Yeah. Don't look up. I guess that's a good problem to have <laughs> in that situation. But nothing's more rewarding than fooling, you know, a couple thousand snow geese and finishing them to the ground. That's like yeah. the even for a seasoned waterfowler who's shot thousands of birds, nothing gets you kind of on edge like that. Yeah. It's just it's it's the it's the you know the 160 inch whitetail archery close that you're yeah. you're bearing down on. I mean yeah. that's that's what snow goose hunting is, and it only takes. And they're they're very difficult to hunt, and sometimes they make you look really really bad. And it doesn't matter how good a guide you are, how good an outfitter. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. But it only takes one time for a couple magical moments, yeah. and you will forever. Well, and you will forever set you know 2,000 decoys just to try to get that fixed one more time yeah <laughs> well, it, it's crazy and it's so on off like they're like it's it's off 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 and then boom that moment comes and it's so uh, it's on and your energy Magic. is through the roof yeah like it you know you're locked down because you don't want to move you don't want to do anything wrong yeah yeah it, it is such a magical moment like you said and it uh until it happens you don't You'll never know. Yes. You know what I mean? So you, you got to, you know, find a guy like Bryce and, and, the, um, and, so, and are, are to you, get out there and get on these birds. Are you in layout blinds doing this? or? Uh... It, it depends on the situation. We utilize some layout blinds, but I have a lot of older gentlemen um, that uh, we're utilizing A-frame blinds. So it's okay. like um, a sit-down sit down in a chair, stand-up-to-shoot style that's, situation. That's We've been we going need. to more, more and more of that. Because it, you can hide, you know, 12, 15 guys in a in an A-frame blind. You just got to have some top cover. That's the biggest thing. Um, tip I would use using A-frames is, you know, you're standing up through the middle of this blind, and you got to have some top profile. Um, almost maybe some grass kind of teepeed over it. Right. Some blinds offer some top cover. Uh, you know, it depends on the style of, you know, A-frame that you're using, but. I like hunting out of an A-frame. I mean, I'm 36. I can lay down all day, but I just I like the hunt of yeah. a sit-down, stand-up style hunt, and the old guys love it. Um, but yes, we do use lay-down um, uh, field blinds, and in the uh, the snow goose spread, a lot of times we we will be laying in whites, in and amongst you know two mm-hmm. maybe four thousand decoys, in in white Tyvek suits, hiding with um, you know. With, with that uh, method, and, and you, you know you got a padded padded backrest that you're laying on, so it's not yeah. like yeah, you're yeah. just laying on the yeah, ground. Right. But some guys can't. When you, when you were that. saying nine months out of the year, you, you weren't kidding. No, you no, kidding. no. I mean, from the time they leave sure. the tundra, there's guys hunting them in Canada. Yeah, they get down in New York. There's guys harassing them, and um, a lot of guys realize how much work it is to decoy them. And so, if you got a field with snows in it and you can kind of stalk, you can jump shoot a lot more than you can decoying them. And okay. some people don't have, you know, five to $10,000 to sink into white decoys. Yeah. So they'll jump shoot them, which I don't do personally. I don't find really any gratification in it. Um, but what I'm saying is people are harassing them, okay, yeah. from 
right from like as soon as they get down out of the tundra in Canada, yeah, all the way to you know where they winter from Jersey to Delaware, Maryland area is typically where they they uh, they winter, mm-hmm. and then they're being harassed mm-hmm. right straight back up through. Uh, you know, and the only place they're safe is when they're sitting on their nests. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bryce, where can they go to uh, get pricing or, or get a okay? You know, get a bead on a good hunt. Yeah. Yep. So um, you know, we have a website, Eastern View Outfitters. It's www.easternviewoutfitters.com. Uh, Facebook, Eastern View Outfitters, and then uh, once again on Instagram, you can follow us on any of those social media platforms. But mm-hmm. um, you know best places on the website just scroll down negotiate the you know navigate the tabs and uh yeah. you have um, any openings for spring hunts uh very few um a couple openings um in uh, march and april but i'm i'm fairly booked we run yeah. two groups of hunters a day eight hunters per field um so 16 hunters we're just about full okay. i'm not even really trying to push it but if yeah. guys ask about sure. it great yeah We'll fill up regardless. Just for our listeners out there, if you want to get a spot, yep. you better hurry up. Yeah, yep. run down here. Yep. 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 Bryce Collins, everybody, thank you so much yeah, for thanks, joining Bryce. us. Thank you, Bryce. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure doing my first uh, podcast with you guys. <laughs> you I didn't know what tell. to expect. It's and, always um, nice to be someone's first. I uh, <laughs> I think I was a little a little more at ease with it. It just it is like just talking with your friends. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so thanks for thanks, thanks for, for saying we're friends. Thanks for popping my cherry, boys. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for having. Thanks, Bryce. Have a good show. Yep. Guys, I'm excited. I'm up here in uh, what we call the Gun Hall, the Great American Outdoor Show, and yep. we're with Jeff Carlson. I said it right, didn't I not? You did. You got it absolutely Nailed correct. Nailed it. Nice, dude. Nailed it. And if Congrats. you, anybody who's ever been to the show has walked by this corner, yeah. and whether you've stopped or not, you, you, you're you guilty of staring oh, and yeah. going, ooh. Lust is a, <laughs> is, a, is a seven deadly sin. It is. And the, <laughs> and name, the name will Probably. stick in your head because once you leave here, you know you still want one all year. Uh-huh. We're up here at the Argo booth. And don't, don't. Don't pretend like you haven't heard of it. You know what? They're the six wheelers. Yep. They're the six wheelers that float. See, and eight. And we got eight. six and eight. And eight wheelers that go float, mud, anywhere you want to go. Amphibious Snow. terrain vehicles. Yeah. Amph- safe to say? Fully amphibious. Yeah. Tracks. We've got them tracked or wheeled. We can put tracks on any of them, no matter what the size. They'll go through, over, around, under, whatever you want to go. It'll do it. Just yeah. nice. go. That. That's gonna be our. That's gonna be our new 2020. Just go. Just go. Just go wherever you want. Argo. Just yeah. go. Argo, go anywhere just go. is our slogan. Is it? Go anywhere. I figured it had to been good. Yeah, but do they float? <laughs> Only in water. <laughs> <laughs> Don't run them through jello. So before. And if you ask me how deep, <laughs> we're gonna throw hands. <laughs> but in all fairness, now. I want to defend Will here for a moment. Please Before do. we got started recording, <laughs> yeah. Jeff was telling us that one of the two most common questions are, does it float, yes. which is kind of silly, and how, how deep, how, which is how equally deep does it as float? silly the, kind the, of a question. Does it float question I get, because sure. not a lot of people are familiar with the product. So yeah. when you see one with tracks and you see it loaded up with gear, that it makes sense to me. Go like, is, Does it go in water? Does it float? I can get that. But yeah. when you ask me how deep, that's when we have a little bit of problem. <laughs> because if it floats, it doesn't matter how it, deep it, it is. Has, it doesn't. It's the optional 30-foot snorkel tube, if you want. Yes. I'm, I'm now, guessing. we've got a submarine package. <laughs> if you really want to get there. No, I'm just kidding. We don't. I'm, I'm the guessing, squirrels that run it wouldn't survive. That's right. I'm guessing the actual answer to that question is it needs to be in at least 
two and a half foot of water because well, otherwise be you're driving. Enough. Right? Yes. <laughs> if it gets up to the lip here, which yeah. is where the water level will come to, mm-hmm. okay. which is about, you're right, around two and a half feet. I'd yep. have to measure it exactly to know. But, yes, it'll start floating then. Yeah. And the wheels will propel it yep. at about three to five miles per hour. That's, really? the, coolest, that's the coolest okay. part, okay. I think, is However, the wheels are the propeller. Yeah. yeah. We do have outboard motor mounts for them. Is that so right? So you can put up to a 9.9 horsepower outboard motor on Come on. Corey. That, absolutely. We've got, we've got a number of accessories for these to oh, outfit right. them the way you want. It would not take us nearly three days to do an overnight float on a Juniata if we had one of these with a 9.9 on the back. No. no especially where you have to get out well, and drive you your kayaks. And you'd you never have it. to worry about clearance and, and running into rocks and stuff because when you hit when you get to the rock, it's going to drive over it. Yes. Absolutely. You yeah, you get a water, sandbar safe, or whatever. You got something in the water, it needs to go over, it'll, it'll do it. Oh, boy. Lord. Now he's getting all excited and getting a brochure yeah, out. He's picking out the model well, he wants. My riverboat plans I, might change. I, I was going to tell this. all the listeners right now, if you want to yeah. jump on while you're listening to us and go to ArgoXTB, as in Victor.com, you can see what we're looking at. Jump on your phone right now while you're listening to this and check Absolutely. these things out. And on, on that website, we also have a dealer locator, so no matter where you are in the country, you can, you can put your location in and you can find a dealer around you. And this isn't your typical ATV four-wheeler, just... Like you and a buddy behind you and some, uh, like maybe a tree stand. You can load these suckers down. You can. And we also have fully amphibious trailers that you can connect to the back and pull around even more equipment with. So, yeah. So, and we have different sizes. Like this model right here is a six wheel, six by six, 600. That is the lowest price unit that we do. We've got a special on these right now, $79.99. Okay. That's cool. They're normally ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're two thousand dollars off right now. Wow. Go to a dealer. Tell them you want one now. You might not find it on the floor right now because we're selling a lot. Yeah. Sure. They're selling out. So we've got a production run of about fifty of them coming up this month. We're trying to get some more cranked out to, to move them. So but with an amphibious th- trailer, this is like a waterfowl hunter's wet dream. Oh no my pun gosh. intended. No, no. And then we go up to flooded timber though. Is I just want to like. Adds uh, some levity to this. Go ahead. Seventy nine. Is that what you said? Seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah. So um, compare that to any UTV out there. That's right? what well, I that's pay, a, that's what a price of an ATV. It's half yeah. the price. Yeah, it's a price of a small ATV. Yeah. I mean, I I would I haven't priced a Honda four twenty Rancher in a long time, but I would imagine it costs oh, at least that much. I'm it just does. saying it does. Yeah, and it, but that's half the price of a UTV. That the, oh, absolutely, side absolutely. The yep. side by sides aren't going to go now, where that goes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the prices go up from there. That is the absolute rock right. bottom price. Right. But we've that's got eight wheels like this Scout model right here that comes in the uh, camouflage. The way that this one is set up, the tracks are added onto it, and this type of stuff. You're looking around twenty five thousand. Right. Okay, for this. But it's a bigger model, bigger engine, more capability. You know, it's it's a larger size sure. model. And it's got some features that the six wheel don't. And the eight wheels gives it a little more stability, a little bigger footprint on the ground. Yeah. So when you're going over those wet, marshy, swampy areas, yeah. It'll it'll handle it a little better. And and that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, we have some uh, swampy areas at our camp that just mm-hmm. you know terrible to kind of get around or through and but what you over, but that's the what you literally do though is that's half the price of a truck you buy that you sell your truck and you just live <laughs> in it because <laughs> it's that amazing well we actually have 
full enclosures that go on these as well. I'm looking at so this. So you put a windshield and a full enclosure on it. Yeah. And yeah, you can you oh know my. keep the kind of the weather out. Yeah. Now I don't suggest living in it. Oh yeah, I'd live in it. Because it's pretty sparse <laughs> on the bathroom facilities. Yeah. But well, other learn, than, and you may not have a place to cook your meals. You but, gotta learn to go outside. Yeah, you, know, you do. You gotta go as Mother Nature intends. That's right. Jeff, I see in your uh, catalog here that it, you, you can hook a snow plow to it. You can. There's a uh, plow uh, accessories for it. Uh, fully articulated plow from the winch. Uh, it's got the manual angle adjustment, but it'll yeah. raise and lower sure, sure, sure. through okay. the winch. Now, driving one. Let's get into driving one. Mm-hmm. Let's get Do, in and drive one. What's, yes. Let's get in right and drive here. one That's right what I now. He said. What's the turning radius? It looks like it would take forever to turn this sucker uh, in it, a circle. It actually doesn't. It is a skid steer principle on these, just okay. like driving a bulldozer. Really? Okay. So when you turn it, it locks one side. When you go full... Uh, edge to edge, it'll lock one side and pivot. Yeah. It's not a complete pivot. Sure, you know, right. it's not going to turn it's on not a, a dime. zero turn. But right. It's not a zero turn, but it'll pivot pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's impressive. It's a Be- plus one turn. And these have all the models from the six wheel up this year have the hydraulic assist steering. Okay. So it's a lot easier and smoother than some of the previous models. And okay. if you guys can picture this, too, they have handlebars in them now that look like four-wheeler handlebars. Yes. I remember used to back have, in the day they had the stick steer. We had the stick steer back in the day, uh, and, and we've revised it and gone to all the handlebar models, all on left-side drive now. Yes. We used to have some that were right-side drive last year and year, years before, but we've moved them all over to the left side now. Now, what kind of... Because it's America. Because it's America. That's right. <laughs> we drive on the left here, not that's the right. A, that's right. What kind of craziness are we talking about? What can we get into? Can we get a speaker in one? I see awesome cup holders on them. Uh, that, you, you're probably going to have to go aftermarket for some things like but that. But it can be done. Okay. It, I'm sure it can be done. Anything sure. can be done if you're uh, brave enough. Yes, sir. Put a helicopter <laughs> engine in it if you want. Well, but, that was my next that's question. Off-label. Uh, no, he obviously doesn't know catfish because you can't say stuff like that to catfish. <laughs> He's going to try. He's going to try. He's, He's like me. Yeah, we'll tinker with in the garage. We'll make a helicopter out of it. That go. was my next question. I, I see. Uh, I see the inboard fuel tank. Yeah. So, gasoline, diesel. What are they? Gas. Gasoline. Yes. I love it. I. So you take. So. You take this out. Now, I know the people can't see me. I'm looking at the big one with the tracks with the four wheels on it. Yeah. It's epic. How far will it go in a tank gas? Oh, that's a good question. 12 to 14 hours is a good estimate. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it has. That's a question I've never been asked, believe it or not. Well, it has. Like, pl- how far will it Mileage-wise, I don't know. The, the <laughs> thing you got to think about is most people, when they're in these, they're going to go somewhere. They're going to stop. They're going to let it run for a little while while they're doing something. Yeah. They're yeah. going to go a little further. Yeah. So you probably gauge that by hours better than you would mileage. Sure. Right, right. Yep. I was thinking of when I was in Alaska out the tundra, just, you know, you go forever, you turn around, and you come back almost in a straight line forever mm-hmm. in rolling hills. But yeah. it has such a big payload in the back, there'd be nothing to throw a couple of gas cans in it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah a couple of jerry cans in yeah. the back, you're good to go. And the nice thing is it's real easy to tell. Where your fuel level is. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, the yeah, one, the one that, that I'm talking about, too, has, uh, like, dual bench seats in the back sideways. So sure. Almost like a, uh, a deuce and a half truck in the back. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Kind of like this one over here? Exactly. Yeah, well, so. I'm not looking at that one right now because that's the stealth that's black, the one epic, amazing one <laughs> that I've tried that, to keep my eyes off Bigfoot. of. That's our Bigfoot model. That one uh, is designed more for mudding. Yeah than anything else huh. uh it's got some deeper tread on the tires it goes pretty good in the mud this model won the mud nationals uh has a big motor in it a 40 horsepower motor in it 
It, it's a big, and we actually make a smaller version of this um, that had the same size engine in it. Really? Yeah. And it has the winch There's on the front. There's still some of those out there for sale. It's cool because you can put the winch on the front, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, does the, the deeper tread on the tire for mud, and does that also give you maybe a little more speed in the water? Uh, no. Okay. No. Good uh, question. Yeah, I mean, that tire is, it'll actually do better with this tire in the water. The paddle okay. tires. Yeah, the paddle-type tires. That is more for mudding, although that tire does better in the water than the one that we previously had on it, okay. which had a deeper pa- a deeper tread on it. Okay. Okay, and it, but it pulled in some weird ways in the water, and so we went okay. back and, and redesigned so it. So what he's saying is that he gets to test this stuff and tell him what works and what doesn't work, and I would like, like to know where you work so I can have that job. Is it really in Ontario, Canada? <laughs> yes, it is, but I'll tell you where we get the best feedback from is our dealers. Is it? Yep. The dealers call us. They say, this works, this doesn't. Yeah. We need this. We need that. You know, right. We listen to our dealers. We try to be responsive because they're the direct line to the consumer. Yeah. Their What's, consumer is telling them what they like and don't like about it, yeah. and then we can adjust accordingly. Now, can I ask you something personal? Yes, sir. Does Argo make a quad? Yes, we do. We have uh, ATVs as well. We so make, yeah, there's a vehicle here with only four wheels. I didn't yeah, even it's right see there. it back there. It's right there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So we do we do uh, two uh, different it's size shy. ATVs. It's in the back. We do a 500 to 1,000, but we have a couple of models in there. Yeah. We have, and we have is single that, passenger and two Is that up. newer? Is it a, a... We've been doing this since 2018. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a sharp looking quad, too. It is. It it's really a nice is. machine. Yeah. Now, a, a lot of, like, every everything you have sitting here, mm-hmm. I could picture taking through the mud in Alabama. Oh, which, absolutely. So, my question is, I guess, if I... Why would say, you be in Alabama? Yeah. What are you doing? Alabama has the most mud. It's, uh, it's got that red clay mud. Yeah, it's, it's got Uncle that Jeff. red clay. <laughs> he's brother he's tough going mud. Noodling. If I'm from Alabama and you're from Ontario, I can still get one, right? Absolutely. We've got dealers in every state, just about. Nice. You know, if it's not in your state, it's maybe some of the northeast states like Rhode Island or something like that, we might not have a dealer. Uh, and then some of the, the sparsely populated ones out in the west, yeah. we may not. But in the south, the southeast, sure. on up to Michigan, all the way over New York, we've got dealers. Well, and, you've been and around for a while, that's for sure. Oh yeah, we, the company started in the early 60s, and we started producing the machines in the mid-60s. We've been making them since yeah. then. They've always been in production since then, never gone out. Uh, we've updated them accordingly. Yeah. New technology comes out, you know, in which sure. we're still going to continue yeah. to do. Now... Cool. You, you brought up you have the amphibious trailer. It's not the only thing I can pull with it, right? It, no, it, it no. Has a I mean, receiver. it's got a receiver. It's got a standard receiver on it. Yep, yep. So if you've got other trailers that you want to pull on land or you got something else you want to hook up to it. The boat trailer. Yeah, if you want to pull the boat <laughs> behind it to move it around or whatever. Yep. you got a it. pontoon boat as long as yeah. it, it yeah. comes within the specs of what it's rated to tow. Capable. Take the straps off the boat yeah. and go headfirst down the ramp. Yes. <laughs> and you just keep towing the trailer. Until it's time to leave. Yeah. It could be. And the help. boat follows you back it out. It could have been helpful if you did. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Listen, you guys have been up here at the show for as long as I remember. Because I wasn't joking when I started this, this segment. When I walk around this corner every year, there's all kinds of cool stuff to look at in this hall. But this is the probably the best eye candy as far as vehicles yeah. that go in any show you ever go to. Because when something has eight wheels and tracks and floats, 
and is camouflaged and does everything. Or blacked out like that one. It doesn't get more epic than that. <laughs> you know that. what's good is the fact that these things are amphibious because all the people walking by are drooling. It <laughs> oh, gets, gets deep. That's in good. There. That's good. I'll tell you, this is my take on it. This is the kind of machine that when you see it, you go, I didn't even know I wanted or needed that. <laughs> yes. yes. Now I do. Yeah. I didn't know it was out there. Now I understand that I need that. Yes. That is true. Every month I, I tell like myself, that. man, I, here's the thing. I, I don't really need my house anymore. I, I just want to go fishing and hunting all over the world because it isn't just Argo. There's like yeah. 40 other things that I want here. Sure. But they all fit in that thing. So I have to have that as a base. There you go. It's base camp. Yeah. You throw it. you a tent. In there, or pull a little small. You ever seen those little A-shaped travel trailers? Absolutely. Pull one of them with it out there in the woods with you. No, you're. Then you got a bed and a nice stove to cook on. Little little chemical toilet to go number two in. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> I love Very it. Cool. Jeff, well, thanks, man. Thanks for hey, talking appreciate, with us. Appreciate it, catfish. Thank you, bud. Right. Thanks for the time. Well, no problem. Thanks, Jeff. Get down here to the the gun hole and see him, guys. Argo. All right. So. We are in the gun hall. Yes, we, we are. affectionately call this the gun hall because that's... What it is. Kind of what it is. Uh, guys, we are walking by the CVA booth, and a lot of big things are happening Some from these guys. Some stuff looks different here. <laughs> it just does. Yeah. And uh, I saw a, a picture of this booth from SHOT Show, and uh, is this the same booth or is it similar? It's identical. It's the identical booth, and, and it looks like a, an amazing hunting lodge, big elk rack, fireplace, a couple furs, but along every wall, there's a line of guns, and, uh, and they look like CVA guns, but they're slightly different, so this is cool. We're with Thomas McCauley, and uh, love to hear a little bit more about what you got going on. Yeah, thank you for coming by. I really appreciate it. Of course, um, I think the first thing that people notice when they come by the booth, obviously, it's very rustic. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it echoes kind of our vibe right. of how we, at our core, are hunting. Yeah. And uh, shooters and happen to make some cool products along the way that Absolutely. echo that. Yeah. This, uh, you're primarily known for your muzzleloaders, and that's, uh, that, we've known that for a long time. But this is a big muzzleloading state. Um, it, it, I think it gets a little bit more popular every year because it extends our seasons, different things like that. So uh, you know, people definitely in Pennsylvania love uh, that opportunity to obviously do that, and CVA is a big part of that. So uh, what is what's some of the new – like I, I'm looking at Cerakotes. I'm looking at, at performance packages that, that – it. I don't ever remember seeing yeah. from CVA. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, you know, we had some great um, coverage with the nitride. Uh-huh. You know, we had all our, our Wolf, our Optima, our Acura line yep. predominant uh, for a while and are continuing to be, um, especially with the fact that the nitride allows us to give a rust corrosion guarantee that if it ever pits or corrodes your barrel, it will replace it. Wow. Oh, nice. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, and then the Acuras, we've, you know, since it's announced, we've had basically a satisfaction guarantee that if it's not the best muzzleloader you've ever shot, we'll give your money back. Really? Okay. And, of course, we get all of maybe four 
or five back a year <laughs> out <laughs> of the thousands great. that yeah. we sell. Uh, but, you know, from there it was how do we push the needle further? How do we make it so that folks that um, are really trying to push the limits to muzzle loading and making it something that they could take on an elk hunt and feel confident at 300 yards with? And uh, that's really what the Paramount uh, has done. And yeah, I mean, just looking at it, it, it kind of catches your eye because it looks like a long-range rifle. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. And you're trying to... I'm, you know, you walk by it, you're like, what exactly is that? Because it doesn't... I mean, the breech looks a little bit different. Or yeah. just, there's some it different could, slight things, but... It could be in the, the, the military applications or... Yeah. You know, it's just... You just... You have to look at it a little bit closer to realize that it's a muzzleloader. Yeah, so I mean, the the Paramount really in its in its core is a bolt action style rifle, right? Um, but of course, it has some features that are pretty tried and true with most muzzleloading. The first thing that people notice out of it is where's the ramrod? They're like, wait a second. Yeah. It's a muzzleloader, but the ramrod's not hanging from under the barrel like every other. Um, and that's because we're, we're utilizing the true harmonics of long-range free-floating barrel systems. Okay. And that's why the ramrod's not attached to it. That's going to come in a pouch that's separate and apart okay. and a collapsible. And that's what yeah, you got right there. It's almost collapsible like a, a tent. Exactly. Pole, you know, That's right. Oh, my gosh. I would yeah. not even have known that. And you just drop that straight down, and boom, you're ready to reload. Yeah. Um, of course, the gun itself comes with the collapsible rod it also comes with a standard range rod that you really use to fine-tune it and um, load and clean with it uh, but I think that the core of the system is like I said a lot of the same principles that you have in most muzzle loaders a breech plug you're loading from the muzzle you're loading a muzzle loader bullet yeah. all that um, but from there it's it's all about the fine-tuning it's just the minor things that most people don't think about sure um, so for one that we wanted to really focus on is how to improve getting all of the fire directly to the powder without losing it going backwards okay okay right and so with the veriflame system uh, Cecil Epps out of Canada developed we utilize that with a large ri rifle primer and it comes with this toolkit that allows you to install the large rifle primer and then, so instead of a two and nine primer, you're now moving over to the large rifle primer. Yeah. Okay. Inside the Veriflame. So okay. once you install the large rifle primer, you basically created a type of two and nine primer with more fire. Right. Because so it's gonna be a little bit hotter. Exactly. Yep. Then you install it directly in the breech plug, and the way that this bolt works is that's like a plunger. Okay. So it sits right over. As you watch it right there, it cams over it. So no fire comes backwards. Yeah, yeah. So that's number one. Number two is we're designing this whole system around using black horn 209 powder. Okay. Which is probably some of the cleanest burning muzzleloading yep. powder out there. I don't know if you guys ever used it. Yep. Or if your listeners have ever used it, I'm sure they'll tell you. Black horn 209 is sweet because it's not as dirty like everything else out sure. there. Sure. Plus it burns hotter, right? So because of that, they typically only recommend using... 120 grains max. Okay. The gun's capable is what we call a super magnum. Beyond so, magnum. Yes. Super magnum. Super magnum. So we recommend 105 grains by weight. So we actually recommend you 
hand you know, measure and yeah. weigh out 105 grains, which is volume 150 grains of black corn powder. Okay. And then we have you use a 280 grain weight power belt bullet in the 45 caliber. So that, with the large rifle primer pushing through, we, we measured it out just beyond 2,400 feet per second. That is moving for, for a muzzleloader. Oh yep. my God! So that's why in our ad we're like 300 yards and beyond. What are you seeing for like your your drop from 100 to 300 yards? Like how many inches? Well, I mean, at, typically we zero at two. Okay. Um, and so you're probably up at 100 by an inch, two inches. Yeah. Once you once you get past the three 300 to 400, you're you're starting to get from four to five inches to 14 to 16 yeah. inch drops. But wow. Um, that's that's great. I mean, that's right there with most rifle. I mean, you're gonna set if you own a 243, you're gonna set it up kind of the same way. Yeah. You know, zero at 200, it's gonna be technically like an inch high at 100, and you know, three inches low at 300 type yeah. thing. With so. a 243, you're not gonna have a 280 grain ball. <laughs> Correct. It does have a bit of an arc once yeah. you get out there. Gotcha. But you still have terminal velocity out to 500 yards, so. Yeah. You know, the, the beauty of muzzleloading that I don't think a lot of people have wrapped their heads around is how many seasons you've just opened yourself up to. You've struggled in mm -hmm. life of a draw, rifle hunt. Yeah. Well, you can probably get that tag with a muzzleloader. Right. And, and as long as you're comfortable and confident with it, and that's what I think, you know, these new Paramounts give people that opportunity to do. Very cool. Um, and you're also building some bolt-action rifles. Yeah. Yep, um, you know, we have been making muzzleloaders for a long time and we're continuing to push the envelope on muzzleloaders, but we knew that with the state's changing laws and a lot of folks out there being loyal CVA brand enthusiasts, we wanted to be able to give them pretty much any rifle they want for any season they want. Sure. So we've been doing centerfire break action muzzle, uh, centerfire break action rifles in the Scout series for the past 10 years. And um, just the past two years, we've been using the bolt action cascade. Uh, last year it was just a blue black model. This year it's a Cerakote camo model. Yeah. Uh, and it's in a variety of calibers and a variety of features. It's got length of pull adjustment. It's got uh, obviously a, a trigger adjustment. It's got two swivel studs on the front. So if you wanted to have a bipod and a sling, it's threaded 5 8 by 24 on the muzzle. So if you wanted to put a brake or a suppressor on it, you can. It's got a flush bottom metal that's a drop mag okay so it's not going to get caught on anything yeah yeah um, but you still get that ability to take that mag out and have it in your pocket and the gun be safe so you got all these features between 500 and 600 dollars between a variety of calibers like <laughs> 6.5 prc 300 win mag 7 yeah. mag 708 so just a slew of options for such a feature rich bolt gun plus not only does it have an moa guarantee but it's got a 14-day money-back guarantee. Yeah. Oh, nice. And so if you don't like it, send it back. Very good. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Wonderful. Well, that's, that's definitely some great stuff that you guys have going on. Um, for our listeners, where can they find out more information, you know, look into other things for sure. CVA? Sure. Uh, for your listeners, uh, please go to cva.com. Okay. Simple website to remember. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, <laughs> cva.com and uh, you know check out our videos. Charlie check, Victor Alpha. That's it. Uh, and on Facebook, it's uh, CVA 
at CVA. So there we go. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah. Yep, perfect. Yeah. That's great. Uh, thank you so much, yep. Thomas, for just giving us a little bit of your time. Uh, and this is, uh, like I said, it's something to behold. Uh, your muzzle loaders are, are known for their value and uh, and their accuracy. And this is just another level. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys yep. coming by. Yeah. Thanks thank again. You. Thank you. Well, there it is. Closing the door on day eight. But we haven't closed the door on the show just yet. I know we got one more day of fun and adventure in store. Be sure to get over here and check it out tomorrow when we release that ninth and final episode of the 2020 Great American Outdoor Show brought to you by the National Rifle Association. It's going to be good stuff. Don't forget, you can always find us at RuttenRiverPursuits.com. We're all over all the different social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Rutten River Pursuits. Also, check out those YouTube channels we got going on. Look for Rutten River Pursuits Podcast. The podcast itself, always available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. It's been a great couple of days. We got at least one more in us. I know it. We'll see you all tomorrow. See you.